Come on, if you know that he is the reigning champion, go ahead and put those hands together now and just give him a praise. Come on, come on. Come on, you can do better than that, church. Come on, serve city online, serve city in person. Come on, put those hands. Yeah, I feel it stirring. Let the praises of our God rise among us. Come on, let your voice be heard. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adores him. Glory to our God. Listen, I'm excited about this word today, if you will. Uh, grab your Bibles. Remain standing. Everybody standing. Grab your Bibles in honor of God's word. Uh, because this is not just a regular book. Uh, because this is not just, uh, you know, something that should be collecting dust on your shelf. But because this is something that has the words of life. Praise God. Anybody love the word of God? Anybody love the word of God? Praise the Lord. So, if you will, let's turn to... The book of Jeremiah. What book did I say? Oh, wow. I can hear people talking back to me. <laughs> Jeremiah, Jeremiah. We're going to Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. What chapter did I say? Chapter 20. And we're going to read from verses 7 through 9 on today. I'm excited. We are beginning a brand new series for the next few weeks. One that I uh, am passionate about, which the Lord put on my heart a number of weeks ago. Uh, and I'm excited in this time. It's going to be called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. If you will, uh, we're going to read Jeremiah chapter 20. We're going to read verse 7 through 9. Say, I got it if you have it. Online, say, I got it if you've got it. Uh, Jeremiah chapter uh, 20, verse 7. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the ESV. It says, Lord, oh Lord, you have deceived me. Anybody ever felt that way? And I was deceived. You are stronger than I. And you have prevailed. Oh my. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out. I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach. And derision all day long if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name there is in my heart as it were here's this text that we always talk about like a fire as it were a burning fire here it is in context shut up everybody say shut up shut up in my bones and I am weary with holding it in and I cannot. Blood, sweat, and tears, part one, if you will. Bow your heads with me and let us pray. Let's believe God today. God, we thank you so much for this impactful moment. Thank you, Lord, uh, that as you said in Hebrews 10, 25, that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even as we see the day of the Lord approaching. And so, God, today I just ask that even as your word is preached, that you would touch, Lord, the hearer and touch the heart that you would transform that you would encourage that you would rebuke that you would reprove and that you would grow those who are under the sound of my voice on today and lord god not only this we pray for every church in the city of toronto that is preaching your gospel lord we are not in competition with them but we lord are co-laborers with them and so we pray that where your gospel is preached that your power would manifest not only this, all over the world, God, we even remember our friends today at Hope City Church that is launching in Trinidad and Tobago. 
grateful to the support of Serve City Church. And so we pray that you bless them even as you are blessing us here. And we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Glory to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And I'm excited today to preach part one of blood, sweat, and tears. Blood, sweat, and tears. Listen, uh, this weekend, and I'm excited about it, you know, this is a pivotal weekend for me. Not only um, am I, is my birthday on this coming week, um, praise God. And uh, not only is my birthday this coming week, but also uh, this weekend marks uh, my 16th year of pastoral ministry. My 16th year. So although Serve City Church is just three and a half years old, and many people look around and see what we have and what God is doing in our midst, the fact of the matter is uh, that you are just seeing the tip of an iceberg. That there's so much below the surface that many uh, were not around to see. And so I'm grateful, I'm grateful for this journey uh, that the Lord has had me on. And I'm grateful to be able to see what he is doing even in this season. Now, the thing is, man, when I think about this, if I could just keep it real, looking back uh, before 16 years ago. Is it okay for pastors to be honest? Listen, fam, I did not want to be a pastor. In fact, I remember, and I think, you know, God does stuff like this. Maybe I'm not the only person. Is there somebody else in here that you, you know, remember specific moments in your life from childhood? Anybody else other than me? Okay. Anybody watching online? I'm pretty sure that you know what I'm talking about. And so I never forget, man, I was walking down Rakewood Crescent. The man that used to live uh, in Glendower uh, by Finch and Kennedy area. Uh, how many know where Glendower is? You know, familiar? Okay, yeah. He used to live in Dower, fam, right? And so before, before we moved to Malvern uh, and, and the way that that went and all that. So in Glendower, when I was there and, you know, in that area, I, I, on Rakewood Crescent, walking down the street with my sister. And I'll never forget the moment when I looked at her. And for some reason, just out the clear blue, I looked to her. She was walking on this side and I said, I will never be a pastor. I'll never forget that moment. I will never be a pastor. I said it declaratively. I said it emphatically. I stood on it as if, you know what? This is a matter of fact, and it's never going to change. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know, and some of you, obviously, you know, things didn't turn out the way that I declared uh, as I'm standing here now. But the reason why, the reason why I made that declaration is because I grew up as a PK. Uh, you know, and, and some of y'all are like, mm-hmm, because you know, and if you know anything about pastor's kids, there are a lot of stereotypes that come along with pastor's kids and stuff. I'm not going to say whether or not I fell into those stereotypes. Uh, nonetheless, right, it was because of what I grew up seeing. It's because I grew what I grew up seeing uh, with parents as pastors. It was insane to me the things that I noted and that I saw that my parents experienced. I mean, there were so many things that transpired. In fact, the, there, were, there were financial difficulties that we experienced. There were familial and personal and ministerial difficulties that we experienced as in childhood. And it was largely connected, it was largely connected in many regards to people who opposed what it was that was the call on my parents' life. And I could not understand after all of the stuff they experienced. Somebody say blood, sweat, and tears. 
why they would always be working the way they were, why they always would still be loving people, why they always would still be smiling in people's faces despite what was done to them, why they always would be continuing to serve the Lord with gladness, you know. And I, I, even though I, the thing is, I didn't understand it in that time. And this is why in that moment I was saying, I will never be a pastor. I don't ever want to experience what I see them experience. But what I didn't realize at the time, come on somebody, is that the reason why, the reason why they continued and still continue to this day, despite the things my dad has experienced, I love it and I share it often because it's amazing. There are people all around the world that regard and honor and respect my father in ministry. And I love that, you know, although things are different now with COVID, we, I've walked upon him and found him wrapping spoons and cutlery to go downtown and feed hundreds of homeless people. And it's amazing to me, it's exemplary to me to see my father in this position of servitude even at the age that he is in. And it is mind-blowing because the fact is that despite the things that have happened to them, despite the things that people have done to them, they still continue to work with blood, sweat, and tears. And now I can understand as they've told me, as they've told me, because of the joy that is on the the other side of the blood soot and tears and the fact is that there are lives there are there are lives that have been changed and impacted by what it is that they have put it in despite the things that have happened and the challenges that they have been up against their their those lives and those things that happen in their life are greater than the challenges that they're faced somebody is wondering where are you going with this pastor i'm not called to be a pastor well i want to talk to you today about, you know, the fact that my parents, my parents, what I love about them is that they embraced what they were called to do. And when it is that you sync up and align with your calling, come on somebody, doesn't matter what it is that you face, doesn't matter what it is that you experience, that calling is like a fire. Uh, somebody sees where I'm going in this place today. And so even though there may be times of difficulty, I want to talk about blood, sweat, and tears. When it is that you have gotten in sync with what it is that God has called you to do. Does it matter what you're facing? What does it matter what you're facing? God always gives you and your calling supersedes the challenges that you're up against. And so watch this. I want to first start to, start to tell you this because I believe that God is declaring this over Serve City. There are many of us that are walking listlessly throughout our lives and we're walking in a position where we're just kind of carrying out and going day to day. And God is telling me, watch this, God is trying to connect you with your calling. Mm, my God. Some of you know your calling, but you're disjointed from it. Some of you don't know your calling and you're just existing. Come on, somebody. And this is why when difficulty comes, you get to the place where you're ready to throw in the towel. But when it is that you get synced up with your calling, somebody say synced up. Don't matter what comes your way, you'll, you, you'll continue to do it anyway. God is trying to connect you with your calling. Your calling is more than a career. Come on, somebody. Your calling is not about punching a clock. 
There are many of you, the reason why you hate getting up every morning is because you have to get up to something to do something that is not about your calling. Oh, can I just talk to somebody? Don't speak too loud so your boss might hear you, but... The fact is that many of us, we are living our lives to earn a dollar, but we are not living our lives to find out and walk in what it is that God has placed us in the earth to do. Come on, somebody. And watch this. You need to understand that walking in your calling is a greater reward than money. Oh, man. I hope y'all are getting this. Walking in your calling is a greater reward than money. See, walking in your calling is something that you will do for free. Come on, somebody. But goodness and mercy and even finances will follow you. Who am I talking to on this morning? When it is that you sync up, what you need will accompany when you walk in your calling. And many of us, we've been doing it backwards. What we've been doing is we've been chasing the dollar and hoping our calling's going to catch up. But God is saying it's time for you to move from serving mammon and connect and sync up with the master come on somebody who can give you your calling and then what will happen is you will notice that the things that you need will follow you are you with me this morning stop serving mammon stop running after mammon and start following the master what is it that he is calling you to do listen to it you see this is the fact the thing is people don't preach i don't get paid i don't get paid to preach and to pastor and to oversee churches and to, you know, train leaders and do all this stuff. I don't get paid to do that. Listen, fam, I will pre- I tell people all the time, I will preach to a water fountain and, and, and expect for wine to start coming out. Come on, somebody. You don't have to pay me to preach. I get paid to live because I got a family and I got three children that are growing and all of this. But you don't pay me to preach. Come on. I will preach for free. Come on. I will preach in a building. I'll preach on a street corner. I'll preach to my family. I'll preach to myself in the mirror come on somebody because when you find your calling it don't matter what's going on the fact is you will walk therein despite what you are facing are you with me walking in your calling is greater than is a greater reward than money this is stuff that's notable i hope that you all are prepared to take notes watch this you know and today i want to talk i want to talk to you you know i want to talk to you about especially when we're talking about blood sweat and tears really putting that work in and i'm going to unpack it this is just kind of a setup and a start point for us on today as we get this series going uh, but i want to talk about dealing with opposition to your calling dealing with opposition when i when i talk about my calling and what god called me to do you know, I learned that you should never say never. Come on, Justin Bieber. Watch this. The fact of the matter is, watch. God often, here's point number one. Write this down. Uh, they usually are on the screens, but we're still figuring out this live stream stuff and all that. Uh, so write this down if you're a note taker. God often calls us. Someone's saying, what am I supposed to do? God often calls us to do what we'd never choose to do. Let me say that again. Because somebody's trying to figure out, what is it that I'm called to do? Here it is. God often calls us to do what we'd never choose to do. Fact is that when I was walking down that street and I said, I will never be a pastor. (laughs) I meant it, fam. And I feel like God made me remember that moment. There are so many other things that I forget and that I don't remember. But God brought that and allowed there to be a pin stuck in that moment to remind me that I should never say never. Because some of you, you know, you feel the tug in a certain area and you're like, "Mm -mm, I would never do that. 
Some of you watching, somebody all around the world right now, you're in a position and you're like, man, you know what? I sense this. People often will come to you because see, God's calling often comes and is accompanied by affirmation. So there oftentimes will be people who show up in your life and say, hey, have you ever considered doing X, Y, and Z? And the fact of the matter is that many of you are running away from that because you're like, man, I don't want to do that. For some of you, it's because of pride. Come on, because it's not as glamorous as you would have expected. Who am I talking to? And so the fact of the matter is that God often will call us to do things that we never would choose to do by ourselves. This is why the Bible says stuff like in John 15, verse 15, the Bible declares and says, Jesus says, 15, verse 15 and 16, says, uh, he said, Jesus says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I ordained you to bring forth fruit. And he goes on, he says that your fruit would remain. You don't choose your calling. Oh my, you don't choose your calling. Come on, you don't choose your calling. You have been placed in the earth with your calling. And many of you, watch this, you've been out there trying to pick your calling when instead of listening out for what it is that God has called you to, or many of you are running away, Jonah, from what God has clearly told you to do. But because of pride and arrogance, you're staying away from what it is that Jesus is telling you to do but you don't choose your calling your God chooses your calling and places you in the earth this story that we're in today the story of Jeremiah everybody say Jeremiah and Jeremiah is an individual the Bible makes it clear many of this is this is actually a a base scripture for many Christians it's declared of Jeremiah in the in Jeremiah chapter 1 it's declared and said that God said to Jeremiah before you were formed in the belly I knew you. And this knowing is an intimate knowing. It's one that is almost as if in our context, we were talking about being intimate. And God, he says he knew Jeremiah before he came into the earth and ordained him or set him apart to be a prophet before he came into the earth. And so you showed up with purpose. Oh man, I want to just help somebody. Uh, There's someone in here today, I just sent you Holy Spirit. Then there's somebody watching. You're looking for people to give you purpose. Come on. You're looking for people to appraise you and tell you how much you're worth. But I wonder if it's somebody in here in this room or somebody that's watching that knows that you don't need people to appraise you. Come on somebody. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And before you even showed up in the earth, I wonder if I got one or two witnesses in this place. Before you even showed up here, God placed you in the earth and inputted purpose in you before you even showed up somebody that's excited about that ought to put your hands together and give the lord praise and so the fact is watch this uh, god's calling on our lives is not something we choose and uh, you know not something we choose and we often reject it initially it's usually something that we're like what on earth remember mary when god comes through gabriel and says you're about to have a baby Watch this. You're about to have a baby. You did not have intercourse. So there is no way that you should be pregnant. But you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Imagine the Lord. Imagine an angel coming to you and saying this. 
And immediately she's like, what on earth? How is this going to be? This is not something that, you know, that is that is common or something that is cool or that is popular. It's out of the ordinary. And I'm believing, I'm just telling you that oftentimes there are many of us that miss our calling because it is not popular or because it is not comfortable. Come on. But oftentimes God is not calling you to do that which you are comfortable with. He's calling and positioning you to do something that he can get the glory out of. Come on, somebody. I mean, I mean, it, it, there are world changers in this room. There are world changers that are watching. And oftentimes what it is that God has called you to do is not something that would be on your top pick list. You know, the fact of the matter is the people who are most effective in life are those who are seeking service. Come on, over position. Service over status it's not something that you choose you'll often find yourself sometimes your calling is attached to what you're already doing what you're doing without a position come on somebody At, it is very rare that people who end up being potent and powerful are y'all still with me Okay, it's often, it's very rare, if I can just be real, that people who find out or are potent in life are those who show up or in a, are in a place where they are uh, carving out or choosing something for themselves or they need a position in order to do it. You usually will find a David serving in the background. Come on, somebody. And the traits that are necessary for him to be a king. He's already exemplifying them before he even gets into a position. And many of us, many of us, the reason why or the fact of the matter is our calling is not evident because we are positioning ourselves as opposed to being in a place where we are serving and we are in this position. And so oftentimes your calling is attached to the thing that you're already, that you might find yourself doing. And you might be finding yourself doing it without even being asked. That's why I tell people all the time, even with positions at Serve City, people don't walk up and be like, hey, I want to do that. Usually what will happen is people will be seen doing things and then will say, hey, have you considered doing this? Or there's something that is an expression or an outgrowth of who you are. I mean, I remember it is, it is blatant when God calls you. So Jeremiah is called and he's ordained to be a prophet before he even shows up in the earth. And the fact is that he goes on and he prophesies. And what he's prophesying is not pleasant stuff. How many of you know that when it is that God calls you to do something, that it's not always going to be received favorably by people? And more than likely, especially, that's why all these prophets that get up and God is always giving somebody a million dollars and all, you're always touching your neighbor and this time next year you're going to get a house or a car. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's always this sorts of stuff. And the fact of the matter is, when you look at biblical prophets, they're not just telling people goody-goody drum drops and fairy tales. But sometimes, when you are called, it's going to put you in a position not just of uncomfortability, but your calling, watch this, Christ's calling often comes with criticism. Come on, somebody. So Jeremiah, he walks into this calling. Jeremiah is in a place where... He starts telling people some difficult stuff. And the Bible makes it clear that he had to rebuke the priest. We see the reason why what precedes what happens in chapter 20, verse 7 and onward. 
we find that he actually is in a position where he is rebuking, he is rebuking this king or this priest called Pasher. Everybody say Pasher. And when Pasher the priest hears this prophecy that is not a favorable prophecy, what he ends up doing is he imprisons Jeremiah and he beats him and has him in prison. And so people mock Jeremiah because of what it is that he's saying, because it's not popular. But then what we see is that even though Jeremiah is beaten, and even though Jeremiah is flogged and then released from the prison, at the end of it, he, this is where we find him declaring what he says in verse 7. Let's go back there. He says, oh Lord, you have deceived me. And I was deceived. You are stronger than I. And you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for a reproach and a derision all day long. Jeremiah was not popular because of his calling. Sometimes you're not going to get all the likes on Facebook or on social media because of what God has called for you to do. Sometimes you're not going to be the celebrated child in the family because you went down this path or you decided to go down a, a different path than what your parent expected you to do come on somebody and at the end of the day you have got to be to the place that when you realize that you are desirous of walking in the calling that God has for you and the purpose that God has for your life that sometimes there will be criticism but you have to learn how to process this this is why Jeremiah says I feel like you deceived me God feel like you deceive me I feel like you know what on earth is going on and you know this is the fact this is why God's calling here it is is often beyond our understanding so God's calling there are many of you in here and you're like you're hearing what I'm saying and it's resonating with you what you are called to do you know what you're called to do and some of you you're like man this don't make sense this doesn't make any sense God would you call me man when I got called I was like God I was why would you call, when I got called to preach, I was 18 years old. I got licensed to preach when I was 19 and started pastoring when I was 20. The call of God was so evident on my life when Jesus saved me. And it was so miraculous because he also delivered me. I was one of those guys, and if you've heard my testimony before, so be it. But I love talking about what Jesus has done for me. I was someone where I smoked. I used to be in those circles, in the puff, puff, pass circles, and I never inhaled. And there was one day when I really, I went hard, and I lost my mind smoking weed. I lost my mind. And I, I started having severe anxiety and panic attacks. And this is not a... Whether weed is good or not, talk. So that's not the point. Don't come, you know, email me or something. Um, but I'm saying what happened to me because when this, this time I lost my mind and I went out and I was being disobedient uh, in that time and all of that. And I lost my mind. And I'm thinking to myself, when I ended up getting called by God, I'm like, how could you use me? I can't even think straight. I can't even drive in a car for more than 15 minutes. Come on, somebody. I can't even think straight. I, I can't even be in church and you're calling me to preach. I would be in service and the anxiety that happened as a result of me losing my mind got so bad that I would get up and run out of the service. I couldn't even stay in a church service whenever it started because of the, the things that happened. Because of, and I'm thinking like, God, 
You called me? What are you going to do with me? I don't know who I'm talking to in this place that feels like you are imperfect or you might be to the place where you're like, God, how could you use me? Don't you know about my past? Come on, can I walk down your road? Don't you know how many people I slept with? Come on, don't you know how many people I, I, you, I cussed out in my life? Don't you know uh, that I am a thief or I've been in a position where I have been dishonest before and some of y'all are in the place where you're like, God, how could you use me? Come on. But at the end of the day, God's calling goes beyond your understanding. And I love that God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. Come on. And he specializes in taking broken and imperfect people and getting the biggest glory out of it. If you know it, you ought to put those hands together and give him praise. And then there are people, if you don't understand your calling or if you're like, man, why would God use me? There are some people who... Obviously, if you don't get it and you've questioned it, there are going to be people in your circle that are not going to get it either. And this is why there's criticism oftentimes about what it is that God has called you to do. And you'll find the conflict or you'll find that people will talk it down. And, and you and I, you got to get to a place where you're like, as long as you know that God has called you to do what it is that you are doing, what people say is water off a duck's back. And too many of us, you are held hostage by the opinions and the criticism of others. And it is stopping you from being walking in the fruitfulness that God has ordained you to. You've been being hostage. You've been in the jail cell. Come on, can I just preach deliverance to somebody today? The opinions of others means more to you than the opinion of God. And I wonder if it's anybody in here that knows that as long as you hear from God, that's the most important voice that you need to hear. And if God has called you to do something, come on, you better not let them jokers come up and say crazy stuff to deter you from doing and walking in what God has called you to do. Are you with me? Christ's calling comes with criticism. Look what happened to Jeremiah. He got beaten. He got imprisoned. And yes, he was a prophet. I don't know what it is that you're, they, the thing that God's called you to do, they might be talking about you in blogs. I don't know who, who's watching, but I even since they might be talking, I see them even having conversations about you in the break room. And they can't understand why you keep elevating. Come on, somebody. Let them keep hating while you're elevating. And many of us even getting distracted looking back, come on somebody, at people who are beneath you while you're going up instead of looking up, come on, who to, to what God is taking you to. And you got to get to the place, I wonder if I'm by myself this morning, where you say, you know what, if God is taking me up the elevator, I'm not go looking down. I want to look up to see where it is that I'm going. And many of us, we've been looking behind and we've been dealing with the criticism of others instead of continuing to progress and to move forward. And Jeremiah, this is, this is where we're getting there. Uh, but I love this because the fact of the matter is that you need to understand that even, watch this, that Satan, Satan, the, the name Satan means adversary. Everybody say adversary. The name Satan means adversary, which also is meaning opponent. Everybody say opponent. Satan is an opponent. His job is to be an adversary, to be cr a critic, to be an accuser. Come on, somebody. And to be somebody that is opposing to what it is that God has placed you in the earth to do. This is what it is. Some, one more time. Say opponent. And so watch this. The spirit of Satan is greatly exemplified in opposition. 
This is why you don't believe me. Look, 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 look. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Uh, keep your finger in Jeremiah. Look at what happens uh, in Matthew. Uh, the Bible makes it clear. This is, this is really interesting. In Matthew chapter 16, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, watch this. So here we find that, uh, that Jesus is in a position where Peter confesses that he is the Christ. And he says and declares on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now watch this. I want you to note this. Look at what happens. Uh, verse 21. Are you there? Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Uh, say, say I've got it if you're there. Okay, Matthew 16, 21. Uh, the Bible says, it says, uh, from that time... Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And watch this, verse 22. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And the text says, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, watch what he says, get thee behind me, Satan. There it is, opponent. So he looks at Peter who is telling him something that would come across as if it's for his well-being. But because it's hindering him, come on somebody. From walking in what God had placed Jesus in the earth to do. Jesus tells him, get thee behind me, Satan. Oh my, who am I talking to? Get thee behind me, opponent. Watch this. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Peter had the greatest of intentions. He didn't want Jesus to talk about how he was going to go and die. But Jesus was convinced of his calling. This is why I'm telling you, God wants to connect you. Are you with me? God wants to connect you with your calling. He wants you to get in sync with your calling. For those of you who don't know it, he wants you to find it out and reveal it. Stop seeking the money, but start opening your ears to listen to him. But those of you who know it, he's saying, you got to stop. You got to repent and turn there's somebody who's watching that God is calling you back to your calling and there are people that may be in your life that are trying to oppose and get you to walk out of what God has called you to come on they might even be well-intentioned no don't talk like that they might be well-intentioned but you got to get to the place come on there are many of us that you have been entertaining criticize criticism to the place where it has hindered you from walking in your calling and this is why Jesus says to Peter get thee behind me Satan because you are a hindrance to me. And there are many of you, you got to get to the place, come on somebody, instead of negotiating with demons, instead of getting to the place where you sit there and have conversations and go back and forth on foolishness, you got to get to the place where some of the you, you got to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Come on somebody, you are an opponent, you are a hindrance to me. I'm going to keep pressing forward, I'm going to keep putting in this blood, sweat and tears, because what God calls me, Jesus knew that there were souls on the other side of his blood, sweat and tears come on we wouldn't be able to be singing I know that it was the blood for me come on one day when I was lost he died upon the cross we wouldn't be able to be singing what a fellowship what a joy divine leading on the everlasting love we wouldn't be able to be singing at the cross at the cross where I I wonder if I have any hymn singers in this place where I first saw the light and the burden we wouldn't be able to sing because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know who holds the future we wouldn't be able 
able to be singing all of that if Jesus allowed Peter or people to hinder him from walking into his calling. I wonder if it's somebody that's watching or that's in the room that has, can make the decision with me that you're not going to let anybody hinder you from walking in your calling. That I wonder, am I the only person here that's saying, you know what, I'm going to keep putting in that blood, sweat, and tears because my desire is to walk out that which God has called me to. Come on, somebody. I want to see my life. When I leave this place, I want to leave with my life on empty. The fact is, he says this, and watch this, watch this. This is, this is the thing. This is why you got to keep putting in the blood, sweat, and tears. This is why, because this is what I didn't realize. This is what I didn't note. Uh, here it is, and this is what I came to find out later when it is that I found out for myself. Watch this. The gratification in living out your calling is greater than the challenges that accompany it. Fick it, fick it. Let me say it again. The gratification in living out your calling is greater than the challenges that accompany it. This is what I didn't realize about my parents. This is why I didn't realize about why it's been over 40, 50 years that my dad has been in ministry and kept on going. Come on, somebody. And kept on going and kept on pressing through. It's because the reward was greater. The reward was greater than the sacrifice. The fact is the lives that have been impacted and changed. The things that I've been able to see and witness in being in ministry now these 16 years is greater. It's greater. It's greater. The gratification that comes in bringing glory to my savior and living a life that i know is glorifying him and is, is is greater come on somebody than the challenges that i face or that accompany this thing and this is it to me you know i, I just look back and i'm like people told me stuff like you know because i started pastoring when i was 20 they're like you missed out on all your college years you missed out on on all of this you mean missed out on probably having uh two three baby mamas you mean missed out on, you know, waking up not knowing, like a lot of the friends that I was around, not knowing even where I, you know, where I fell asleep? Come on, somebody. Instead, I said, you know what? I get it and I'm not being judgmental, but at the end of the day, I'm grateful that God snatched me up because what happened was there were many people, many young people especially, that were in my circle of influence at that time that were headed down the wrong path. And because God snatched me up and radically changed my life, I was able to get into their lives and to see them shift and change and lives be impacted. I mean, there is nothing greater. The gratification in saying yes to the Lord when I was nine and 20 years old when I look back I'm like man look at all that God has done stuff like 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 praying for a young person praying for their mama who was in a hospital bed through a cell phone while they were standing right here and her mom hadn't walked in over a month and when we were done praying her mom got up out the hospital bed and walked around the hospital and they were like what on earth I mean, stuff like seeing like the, 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 uh, the Bruce family coming here and seeing them give their lives to the Lord and be able to baptize them and marry them. And then as even as they declared and shared about their miracle baby testimony and seeing God do the miraculous in their life, dedicating their baby. Come on, somebody watching and being able to I already say marrying them, marrying them. And now being in a position where we're looking ready to celebrate another baby on the way. Come on, somebody. How in the world? 
There is no challenge that I would trade for being able to see these things happen. Come on. Being able to walk with people in the most tumultuous times of their life. Being able to walk arm in arm with people as they're mourning the loss of their children. There is nothing that I would trade for that. To see the comfort of God upon their lives. Being able to walk with them. Come on somebody. And so how? why would I trade a drunken night for a soul that is saved? Come on somebody. There is nothing that I have lost because the gratification in walking in my calling is greater, is greater, is greater than the challenges or the things that people think that you're trading on. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. You might be in a position where you're like, but all my friends aren't doing X, Y, or Z. And it looks like they're having a good time. I'm telling you, you ought to hold on. You ought to hang in there. You got to get to the place. And when you, when you have this perspective, your perspective of your challenges are different. Look at Acts chapter 5. Look at Acts chapter 5. What book did I say? Look, man, I'm telling you, people will think you're nuts. That's why there is criticism. Here, watch this. Look. Look, some of you, you're like, somebody's like, God told me to open this salon and to minister. And some people are looking at you and they're looking like, why would you do that? And all this sorts of stuff. I don't know who I'm speaking to, uh, but in this moment, but I just sense it in this moment. And God's telling you to open that salon and, you're, and you've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Talking about what you don't have and what you need in order to do X, Y, and Z. And God's saying, I didn't call you to do it with what you have. Come on, somebody. But what I'm calling, I'm getting ready to equip you and to position and put the resources in your hands to make it. It happened. Okay, that one, I've just got to move, but I sensed it. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 33. Verse 33, watch this. Disciples are preaching. Lives being impacted and changed. There are opponents. There are the man them that don't like them preaching and sharing the gospel. Because it's coming against, in this context especially, Judaism and traditional Judaism at that time. Look, verse 33, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. This is the fact that these people, they, they, they did not like that they were doing signs and wonders. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he goes on and he says, I'm going to summarize. He says, listen, fam, if these guys are legit, it's going to surface that they're legit. But if they're whack, then it's going to show that they're whack. That's the G. Andrew Beresford version. And he says, you know, uh, so just let it fall. Let the chips fall where they may. You don't have to do anything or whatever. But this is nuts. Uh, but then he goes on and, and, uh, and then look at this. And then look at what it says in verse 40. It says, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council. Fredin? Who's looking at the same text? They left the presence of the council tripping. That's what it says. What's it say in the text? They left rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. 
Oh my, is that a reasonable response? Come on, somebody. Does that make sense in our, the context of our world? That after you were beaten and after you were imprisoned, come on, somebody, that you would leave rejoicing because you got to be counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus? There are many of you, you just stub your toe and you lose it and start a campaign. Come on, somebody. But I want, y'all don't want to be real with me. But I wonder if there's anybody that understands that sometimes the calling of God comes with criticism sometimes it comes with challenge sometimes your blood sweat and tears is not going to be met with applause come on sometimes it's going to be met with slander sometimes it's going to be met with people who make it their job to smear you but I wonder if there's anybody in here that says at the end of the day as long as I'm walking in my calling come on it's worth it to suffer oh my I wonder if I have a church in here for the name of Jesus and I am willing to continue swinging that place and doing what he's called me to do because at the end of the day I am grateful I'd rather suffer for what I'm called to do than suffer before something that I'm trying to go out and make happen in my life so they're misunderstood they're beaten but they're rejoicing in their calling you know I, I just think this is powerful and you know I'll end on, I'll end on here this is, this is nuts uh, because then now I'll say this not only uh, does God's calling come with criticism? Not only does God call us to do what we'd never choose to do at, oftentimes, not only does the gratification, um, in, is there gratification in living out our calling and it's greater than the challenges that accompany it, but you know, the fact is that Christ's calling comes with confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ's calling comes with confidence. I love it because the disciples in a similar scenario in Acts chapter 4, by verse 13 and onward, the Bible makes it clear that after they're charged not to speak in the name of Jesus yet again, the Bible makes it clear that they prayed and they cried out with a loud voice and the Holy Spirit fell on them and they preached the word with boldness. The result was they preached the word with boldness. Come on. There's confidence. There is, there is boldness. And I love it because in the NASB, it talks about in 4 verse 13, it says that when the people saw their confidence, there are people that can't stand the confidence. And they oftentimes will call you arrogant, uh, but you're not giving glory to yourself. You're just walking boldly in what God has called you to. And so at the end of the day, watch this. Jeremiah... He's not saying stuff that's favorable. He's putting in this work. He's prophesying, walking out his calling. And it's insane because after he does this, he is met with punishment. He is beaten. He is imprisoned. And not only is he beaten and he's imprisoned, but then after this, yo fam, I don't know about y'all. I just, can I just be real? Like, yo, if I was imprisoned and beaten and then the man them let me out, I'm going to bim fam. I'm going to jet. I'm not staying around to say nothing. But you know those people that they just don't like, the, like Jeremiah after he's let out, look, look back at Jeremiah chapter, look at what happens. So look, after he's let out in Jeremiah, uh, in Jeremiah chapter, Jeremiah chapter, um, to, to, after, chapter 20, after he goes on and says all, after he's let out of prison, Bible declares and says, <laughs> verse 3, the next day when pressure released Jeremiah from the stocks, Jeremiah said to him, the Lord does not call your name Pushar, but terror on every side. For thus saith the Lord, behold, I will make you a terror to yourself. <laughs> and to all your friends, they shall fall by the sword of their... Are you seeing this? 
he gets let out of prison and the man that just beat him and had him in stocks, he's going to turn around and prophesy to him again. You know why? Because there is confidence that, hey, my God, there is boldness that comes with your calling. Come on. There is boldness that comes with your calling. That's why God has not called you to be around here like my mom or my dad would say, Mamby Pamby. God would not call you. I can't say the other thing uh, to, uh, to cat foot around. Come on, somebody. Uh, but God has called you to be in a place of boldness, to walk out what he has called you to do. And when it is, you know somebody that's walking confidently in, your, in their calling because a, a lot of times their response or the way that they operate does not make sense or line up with the world's way of doing things persecution would cause somebody should cause people to shrink back but jeremiah is like no i'm gonna say all that god had me to say you can beat me you can muzzle me you can put me in a prison but then i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna finish telling you this prophecy fam and you're still gonna dead in the end And so he goes on and he does this because the calling comes with confidence. Come on. And so this is it because then at the end, this is when he says, listen, God. And he has a real moment. He's like, what I'm saying is making, you know, this is making me not popular. I'm not getting all the likes on Facebook. Come on, somebody. Social media is not blowing up right now. And I'm looking at somebody else with a blue check and comparing my life to theirs. Come on. When God is not calling you to get no blue check. Come on, somebody. God's calling you to get a well done. Oh my, and you're not going to get a well done because of a blue check. A Facebook could shut down. I got 19,000 followers on my Gabbery comedy page right now on Instagram. All tomorrow, we learned this week, come on somebody, or a couple weeks ago, that in two twos, they can shut your stuff down in just a moment. My wife's whole account got locked down, shut down with no warnings. And if we didn't have a friend in Facebook, praise God for favor. That thing would have disappeared. I'm not going to say his name because some of y'all are going to look him up. But, uh, um, you know, that account would have disappeared into nothingness. But that tells me that social media can be gone tomorrow. Me and all my 19,000 followers, I'm not banking on the thousands of likes on a video or whatever the, the case may be. Because at the end of the day, I'm not looking for Facebook likes. I'm not looking for Instagram hearts. Come on, somebody. I'm not looking about what's going to be in the super chat. I want to show up at the end of the day before the throne of God. I wonder if I have a witness online that's going to hear a well done, my good and faithful servant. So if it's going be hardship i'm gonna say it because i want to hear a well done come on even if it don't get me on a pat on the back i want to open that business if god said i need to open that business come on i want to open this church if god says i need to open the church you know how many people talked about us when we started this church some of the biggest criticism i got came from churches y'all don't want to be real with me today churches and pastors and people i never even met in my life but yet i did this that and the other not, not one of them called me, fam. I'm from Scarborough, though. I don't know if I can say. I'm, we're live now. I just realized. I'm, in, I'm from Malvern, fam. Don't even get it twisted. Empringham. Okay, we're just going to reel it back in and get back in the spirit. But the fact of the matter is, there were many people. And what God showed me, what God showed me when this happened, uh, you know, when people are calling me, like, Pastor, what are you going to do? This person said this, and this person accused you of this. I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start praying publicly for churches every single Sunday from the front. Come on, somebody. So that when people show up and they come, because I've even had people send spies to come and check out what's going on. When those spies show up in the land and they come in the room, come on, they're going to hear that we were praying for the people 
people that were persecuting you. Come on. Because although they may be trying to get me to respond in a different way, my Bible said in Romans chapter 12 that I've got to pray for those. Come on, somebody that persecuted us, that we've got to do be kindly and treat people kindly who have done things to hurt or to harm you. And so my assignment is not to clap back. My assignment is to love on folk. Come on, somebody. And so this is why there were many of them. They're like people come and they say, why are you praying for churches every Sunday? I'm like, because it's because we that's our assignment. I'm not in competition with them. I want to see them win. And when people talk about me, I'm just going to pray for you. Come on, somebody. And I want you to win because when you win, we win. And this is the assignment. Christ's calling comes with confidence. You don't get distracted. Come on. you got to connect with your calling. Is this, is this blessing somebody today? you got to connect with your calling. This is why. This is why the Savior. I followed the Savior. This is why. Because as we see in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 through 3. The Bible makes it clear. And says that we've got to look unto Jesus. Come on. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Watch this. Who for the joy. The gratification. The joy that was set before him endured the cross come on jesus put in that blood the sweat and that tear and those tears come on he cried and he and he and he declared and said uh, my god my god why have you forsaken me all the way to the cross the bible makes it clear that he went through all of this and he did so because of the joy, the you and me that was set before him. He was willing to not allow that which opposed him, that which was a hindrance. He allowed it. He didn't allow it to stop him. And I believe it's like Jeremiah when it's declared. In Jeremiah chapter 20 where he says, after he talks and he has a real moment. And I'll tell you what fam, it's been some times. When I've gone in my prayer closet, I'm like, God, why is this happening to me? It's okay for pastors to be honest. Anybody else, you ever been in that place where you're like, God, why? Why? Like, I, I'm trying to do what's right. But then after he has this moment where he's, he complains and he puts it out there about what's happening. He says, even if I say I won't mention you or speak anymore in your name, there is in my heart. Woo! As it were a burning fire that shut up in my bones. And I'm wary of holding it in. And I cannot, my God, the calling of God, the word of the Lord. Some of us, we just talk about this as the spirit of God is like a fire shut up in my bones. And, and it just makes me have to praise and run around and all that. That's not the context. The context is that the word of God that God told Jeremiah to share, even though it was heavy and even though it wasn't popular, even if he said, I'm not going to do this, it's so strong in him. It's like a fire that he can't hold in and he has to get it out. And you know oftentimes the call of God on your life because it's something that you got to do. You just, you know you got to do it. You can't, you, it's not hindered. You're not, nobody can stop you. It's, it's just bubbling in you. And I just want to awaken somebody today. I want to just, I want to I wanna activate and challenge somebody in this moment to stir up the gift of God that's in you. Connect with your calling, even as Jesus, who went to the cross, 72 thorns in his head, got pierced in his hands, pierced in his feet. They hung him high, they stretched him wide. He hung his head and he died. 
And he did this for the joy that was set before him, which was you and I. So that you and I could have eternal life. But not only this, but so that we also could be able to walk into our calling and to be everything that he has called us to be. I can't wait to unpack this in this series. This is just the intro to it. And also, if you're like in a position, you're like, I want to know what my calling is. Uh, shameless plug for next steps happening right after service. Uh, this week, we're talking about discovering your purpose. Next step is going to happen. For those who are watching online, uh, directly after service is done on today. We are going to be having next steps. And so you can stay tuned because that information is coming. You can tune in via Zoom. And for those who are in the room, it's going to be happening 15 minutes after service is done. And so we want to encourage you uh, to tune in and we're going to zoom you in and those who will be in the room will be able to participate and continue. But we're going to be talking about finding and identifying and walking in your purpose, your calling, your gifting. But the fact of the matter is that we all are sinners. The Bible makes it clear in Romans 3.23 that we all have sinned. Everybody say everybody. And fallen short of the glory of God. Bible makes it clear in Romans 6 23 that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and so before we talk about walking in your purpose and your calling and connecting with your calling we want you to be connected with God through Jesus and so this is the good news the the gospel gospel meaning good news that Jesus came and he says, you know what? I'm not going to leave you stranded. But God, Yahweh, the most high God, put on flesh, came into the earth through Jesus, lived perfectly on your behalf. And he died, as I said, and rose from death, paying the penalty for you and my sin. And today he extends to you a relationship with God. And all you have to do is respond to this incredible love act by God through Jesus. By putting your trust in your faith in him giving him your life today and so in this moment we have every, with every head bow and every eye closed man i haven't been able to say that in a long time but if every head bow and every eye closed in this moment this is a moment of decision for you and if you're like pastor andrew i'm here and i'm that person today i'm that person today that does not have a relationship with god doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've come from. Doesn't matter what your past looks like. He's not calling you based upon your perfection. He died for you because he knows that you're imperfect. And so today in this moment, I want to call you home. Home to relationship with God through trust and faith in Jesus. And so if that person is you today... You might even be someone in here who has run away from God. Somebody watching online, you might be someone who has run away from God. And even though you have run away from him, he hasn't run away from you. His hands are open. His arms are open wide, ready to receive you back into fellowship. Praise God. And so today, I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. With your head bowed, your eye closed, getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. Not about to call you out, not going to make you come to the front or do any of that type of stuff. But simply today, I want to lead you in a prayer of commitment to say, today is my day to commit my life or recommit my life to Jesus. I want to give him my life. I want to have relationship with God. If that person is you today and you're in this room with your head bowed, your eye closed, even you watching online today, you can join in in this moment. And you're like, that person is me. 
On the count of three, I want you to pop that hand real high. If you're unashamed, you're like, today is my day. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, pop your hands up. If that person is you in the house today, or today is my day to give my life to Christ or to recommit my life to Christ. Praise the Lord. And so for those who are watching and for those who are in the room, if that person is you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And we just say, God, you can pray this out loud. We say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Make me new. And be with me now and forevermore. I thank you and I praise you for doing it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.